So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. The podcast is, of course, proudly sponsored by Manscaped and Ginger Pickle. Um, this week, I'm joined by Mark Beck and Brad as we discuss all things town. Um, hope you all had a good Easter, uh, a win and a draw for the Blues. 13 games unbeaten, six big games to go. Mark Beck, always a pleasure, my friend. How's things? Yeah, good, mate. Um, glad to be back on and in fine company with Brad um, on the fan social. Um, a bit tired, a bit exhausted. I'm not used to still talking or caring about a football season, but we're still still plodding along um, with this season. And yeah, um, as you can see, I'm wearing a much maligned Ipswich shirt because it was a momentous day four years ago all the wrong reasons. It was when our relegation was confirmed to League One, but hopefully we'll be talking about a momentous day in the future and when we can look at, look back on fondly. But um, yeah, um, it is getting to that time now. I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of lot more conversation about how this season is going to end up in this in this show. But yeah. Um, Nervous, excited, all that that good stuff. It's unusual feeling for an Ipswich Town fan at this time of year. Yeah, games to play for, squeaky bum time and all that. Brad, how's things? Always good to have you on, my friend. We're in your kitchen, which is always looking fine. How's things? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ross. Thanks for having me back on. Yes, back in back in the kitchen, which um, everyone seems to love. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive about. Uh, the running um and like mark says it's amazing actually being involved in something at this stage of the season i mean i'm used to um doing little football league predictors where we've got six games left seeing if we can make the playoffs even though we're 10 points outside so um it's nice to actually have a realistic chance of doing something this season and um yeah the town are going up love it love it love it love it uh mark yeah you mentioned as well four years to the day we got relegated uh yeah, not not great. First time. Uh, let's not talk about it. It happens. Yeah, We're in a better place now. We're in a better place now. But um, you know, you got to look. You got to look at anniversary sometimes when you see a date. You know, like the FA Cup, UEFA Cup, the rest. You know, you just remember that date and yeah, that that date four years ago. Deary me. Um, but yeah, we're in a great place. Um, and first up, boys, uh, two Easter games. Um, of course, a lovely Friday afternoon at Portman Road, four 0 win against Wickham, but a. Uh, I got a draw, a one-one draw in Gloucestershire against Cheltenham, and um, my favourite feature. I'm sure some other people's favourite feature. One word to describe those Easter games, uh, Mark. How would you describe those two results in one word? I went round the houses trying to think of a word all day. But when did you send that through? <laughs> just settled on the most boring word. I was just fine. Like it's just it is fine. <laughs> um, like I think. We expect we aren't going to as much as we'd love to. This winning run we've been spoiled this last however I don't know how long it's been now. Was it eight? Was it eight wins in a row? Yeah, more than that. Yeah. So eight wins, nine clean sheets. That was never going to last forever. It just it just doesn't. Um, I think coming into this Easter weekend, I think there was a sneaky suspicion that probably I, I was expecting the Wickham game to be a draw. Um, it was the other way round. It ended up Cheltenham being the draw. Um, you know, four points from those two fixtures in what's quite a quick turnaround is is fine. Um, a bit of perspective, if it was the other way around, I think if we had Drew with Wickham 
and then won four nil or just one at Cheltenham, I think we probably would be less nervous, less twitchy, because you again it just feels like you're gaining ground. As much as we we lost a little bit of ground on Sheffield Wednesday, which I know we still have the game in hand, which it's not guaranteed, definitely not against Barnsley, but it, it's still there. Um, if we'd have won that game, you know, having a four nil in there away from home, that would set us really, really well for these next two home games. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's fine. I think we, it, all your cliches come out this time of year, especially when you're in the race, as much as we're not used to it. It's one game at a time, you know, we're, we're taking each game on face value and merit. I think for me, I, the way I see the, the last six now, it, it's two game blocks. You know, we get these two home games out of the way. Everyone's expecting us to win both. Won't be easy. Charlton are a very good team. You know, and we've got Port Vale in there who maybe they're on the beach because they haven't really got a lot to play for. Um, but you never know. Um, and then see where we are after that. That's when we've got our two tougher games when you have got to go to Peterborough and Barnsley in, in four days. That's really difficult. And then you see where you are after that for the final two. But yeah, um, we just keep trucking on. Um, we're well in it. Um, it's well within our, our grasp. If we win all six games, as lovely as that would be and unlikely it probably is, we'll go up. You know, as simple as that. Regardless of what Plymouth or Sheffield Wednesday do, if we win six games, which we have done in a row just recently, then we will be promoted. Oh, I'm loving the positivity, boys. And you made a good point there, Mark, about if this, if that was a res- reverse in terms of we drew 1-1 against Wickham, which is, you know, poxy Wickham, and then 1-4-0 away at Cheltenham, you'd be thinking, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. But a bit, people maybe twitch a little bit because we've got a draw against Cheltenham. But they're our bogey side. I hate to say it, but we haven't beaten them in four games against them. So there we go. But Brad... What is your one word for the Easter games? Positive. Yeah, I'm feeling positive. I've, I mean, Friday was brilliant, weren't it? It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I, to be honest, beforehand, I thought that we would play them off apart because it was... I was looking at this game about a month ago when Ainsworth was still in charge, or two months ago maybe, and thinking that's going to be a tough game and that could decide quite a bit on the running. But, um, yeah, since, since he's gone, I felt like Wickham are going to be... Nowhere near it come come the last few games of the season in terms of playoffs and um and yeah I thought it was a game which we could absolutely uh, rip them apart and we and we did we we did quite easily and um it was it was fantastic that we're sitting top of the league and we were again on Monday um and I'm feeling positive about the Cheltenham result because as Sheffield Wednesday gone there and drawn two two um many teams have not not taken any points from this season there let alone wins. So, and I, I don't. I, don't, I think in isolation, it's a good. It's a good point. I know we're desperate for a win. We're desperate to win every game. But if you just take it, take it as a say, like uh, we used to do, like Saturday, Tuesday predictions, where you'd be happy with four points from six. Well, in this case, I'm absolutely happy with four points from six from these two games. You got to look at it that way. I think so. Um, yeah, the Cheltenham game was. It was. It was. It was a tough game, wasn't it, um, on a tight pitch. Um, and I've actually done some research into tight pitches around the around League One. Okay. And fun fact for you, Cheltenham Town's pitch is 65 metres wide, and that is 10 metres less in width than Ipswich Town's Portman Road pitch. So there you go. It really is a tight pitch, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that is why Harry Clark, who I don't necessarily think has got a huge throw, 
could throw it pretty much on the penalty spot. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think you've just got to get, get out there at a point. I know we, we were six minutes away from being top of the lead, um, but that's just the way it goes. And the Walton, the Walton one, I mean, it, it, it looked bad at the time and it kind of looks worse now because he's coming to kind of like grab it as though he's not got his hands above his head as such. He's trying to pull it into his chest, which... I don't think it looks right, but, but I'm, I'm not exactly a goalkeeping expert. But um, but yeah, it doesn't look great. But at, at the time, I said, "What a finish by Alfie May!" Because his his touch to then quickly swivel and fire it towards goal that that quickly. If our striker had done that, we'd be saying that's brilliant. So um, yeah, that's why he's lead one player of a month, and I think he'll probably get a move in the summer. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think going into these next two games, I'm feeling positive. Positive weekend. Good words. Fine, positive. Like it, boys. Like it. Um, and one thing that is very positive is the Player of the Year vote, which is now open. Um, and there's loads of contenders for the first time in a long time. I think last year wasn't too bad. I think there was a few contenders, but um, this is probably the first year where you think there could be five, six, ten players maybe up for it. Uh, Mark, who are you choosing and why? Well, there's the big three, isn't there? There's the three. It's like the final, final week, the X Factor. They're all worthy winners. Unless you're one of the bad years, but you just got to pick the right one. Who's the most marketable as a winner? Um, for me, I'm going with Sam Morsey. Um, I think this season, uh, when we signed Sam Morsey last year, we all had this preconceived notion of what Sam Morsey was going to be. You know, that bulldozing midfielder, um, hard hard tackler, not necessarily the most, you know technically gifted footballer but he'd worked hard and to an extent that is true but I think he's added so many different elements to his game this year um, I think we were worried about his disciplinary record the way he managed to manage his games you know still putting in great performances you know teetering on the edge of that yellow card and a two game ban when we really did need him like we, we were desperate for a centre midfielder Evans was out injured Ball was out injured. Luongo hadn't quite come to fitness. It was just him and Humphreys. You know, we were all worried what was going to happen. And for someone to, you know, be able to do that in his position where he is the captain, he's got to lead by example. Um, you know, it's nothing short of incredible. And then you look at him as a player. I think he's really added a lot of different elements to his game this season. Um, and that, I guess that goes down to Kieran McKenna and what a good coach he is. I think... He runs the games from midfield. At times, he starts attacks, which we didn't really expect him to be doing. And his passing range is incredible now. Um, you know, with Evans out, again, that was another worry that we haven't got anyone who can spread the ball as well as Lee Evans in the team. But Morsi's been exceptional at doing that. You know, p- playing those balls, switching it across to Davis or Clark now. And you look at the goal, the second goal against Derby. It's Sam Morsi's weak foot. Left foot plays it basically blind into the path of Wes Burns and he's away and that basically makes that goal um, so for me it's Sam Morsey that's very harsh on Connor Chaplin who without his goals we wouldn't be in this position you know the amount of times we've seen him score a goal like he did on Friday where you give him that half a yard or that extra second in the box and he just picks the bottom corner every single time the goalkeeper doesn't stand a chance you know, and he's come up with some really big goals and some huge moments to lift us to where we are on the table. And then the, the third one is Leif Davis. 
Leif Davis has been a breath of fresh air. So I'm not Harry Redknapp there. Um, but yeah, he's been fantastic. You know, we wanted that alternative that Wes Burns on the left-hand side. And I think he's gone above and beyond. You know, we've got someone who is a lethal set-piece taker. He's great going forward. I think defensively, he's improved a lot again. I thought start of the season, there was question marks. We've got Greg Lee on standby, who we seemingly have on ice. We can defrost him whenever we want, and he seems to put in a 10 out of 10 performance. Um, but yeah, Leaf has been exceptional as well. Very good, Davis. Um but I'm going to have to pick Sam Morsey. Um, but if you look at the whole team, I think what I've noticed with this team, and it's something we haven't had in Ipswich squads for years, there's a lot of fight in this team. And a lot of, you know, there's been players who've been doubted at points during the season. I, I think back to Christian Walton was heavily doubted. People wanted him taken out of the team at one point. Responds with nine straight clean sheets, including, you know, penalty saves, amazing saves in that in that spell. I think Freddie Ladapo is another one who got questioned a lot. I know I love him and I'm probably being called biased here, but there's a lot of question marks about him. You know, he's scored more goals in the league than any striker has done in any other season in League One. Um, and even with Hurst coming in, we thought that would be the end of Freddie, but he responded right away with a couple of quick goals off the back of Hurst signing. Um, Wes Burns, you know, someone else who's been questioned, wanted to be dropped, wanted Jackson in. You know, ever since he could, he's, I think since the turn of the year, he's been exceptional. There's so many players you think who've been written off or doubted. More, even Morsi himself, you know, after Bristol Rovers, we thought, oh, here we go again. It's all starting to fall apart a little bit. But picked himself up and he, he's led this team back up on a real push towards the title. But yeah, um, Morsi takes it for me. I don't think he'll win it. I think Chaplin will probably get the vote because he scores goals and he's a fun player to watch. But yeah, um, we love you, Sam Morsi. And I hope you're lifting a title, whether that be at Wembley or the league title. That's the W word. That's just fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, Sam Morsi is my pick, although I was, I was sort of edging between Chaplin and Morsi. Um, but it's nice to have a choice. Yeah, I remember when there was, I remember when you know you James Wilson won quite fairly that year. To be fair, but Christ, that was a struggle. Like, <laughs> who do you vote for? <laughs> I don't want yeah. to look back at that 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 squad then and sort of n- know which other candidates could have been. But yeah, James Wilson deserved that one definitely. Um, Brad, who's your choice there, my friend? I want to quickly um, bring up and I'll let you sort of answer this as well. Like Masamori Luongo somewhat could be in for a shout, maybe to be get some votes because of his great run since signing. But is it difficult? I don't know how someone could win a win it if they're only just signed in January, but he's been fantastic. I think here's the reason why Sam Moores is not my pick, which might sound strange, but I think since Luongo's came in, that has allowed Morsey to be to be Morsey again. And Morsey's been brilliant the whole way through. And yes, he did carry us when Hum- he was carrying Humphrey. Well, not carrying him. Humphreys were putting in brilliant performances, but he was doing a lot of um, defensive work alongside Humphreys and kind of babysitting in a, in a slight way. And um, I think that's why I've gone for Leif Davis because with Morsey, he's just that good a player. He is the best player at our football club. Um, I, 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 I think so anyway. He, the way he... Um, like every, every game, you, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a base level 7 out of 10 from him. You know you're going to 
have uh, desire, determination, leadership. He he brings all to the table. He's just a brilliant, brilliant footballer. But I think in terms of player of the season and who who we well, Phineas we Morsey's never missed. I don't think Morsey's missed any games as he or maybe one or two. But the player who he did miss for me the most when he wasn't fit. I know what you're saying about Greg Lee, but I still think Leaf Davis has been has been my player of the season. The fact that uh, Lincoln Lincoln away, I'm still scarred from because I feel as if as if Davis was playing that game, would have won that game because it was we we had all the possession. They had ten men, and every time Greg got the ball, he wanted to go backwards. He wasn't pushing on the way that Leaf would. Um, he's a really good deputy, and I think he's a is brilliant defensively. Uh, puts himself about, but I think. What Leaf has brought to his team has been nothing short of huge. Um, we, we we're all saying last season we need a Wes Burns for the left hand side. That's what we we're all saying, and I don't think we thought that we'd get anyone anywhere near as good as what Davis has been. I thought we maybe we'd, we'd get a a good left back, maybe a tidy left back, someone who's still young, who is probably still learning his his trade along that left hand side. But a like has played 100 senior games already. How 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 um assured he is in his defensive work as well. He doesn't doesn't miss a beat defensively as well. I mean, like, cleared, cleared that ball off the line at the weekend. And um, it's been other moments where he's been come to the rescue defensively. And just just his assist numbers speak for themselves. I'm not a huge numbers guy. I always like to look past numbers, but you can't ignore that. That is, that's huge for my left back. And for years, I've always been moaning about our left back, Stephen Ward, Miles Kenlock. Um, God, how far can we go back? Um, yeah, basically, since Tyrone Means and Aaron Cresswell, and what 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 Davis has brought back for me is the fact that we've now got two attacking fullbacks. We're going to attack down either side, and he's freed freed Burns up in a such to be Wes Burns again. And I think he's he's been the missing piece to the jigsaw, jigsaw, and I think is a massive massive reason why we're where we are in the league. Oh, said my friend. Do you know one thing? <laughs> little takeaway from Monday, uh, um, Cheltenham, the, the Chatham fans, when Leaf Davis has taken some of the corners, they were going, oh, go away, you Leeds reject. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> They've done their research. They know he's a former Leeds player. They've done their research. But I was like, he's, he's signed for Richard's Town because he knows this club is onto big things. So there we mm. go. But that was just a, a funny little takeaway. But yeah, Leif Davis, what 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 a signing he's been. He's definitely definitely up there for me as well. Definitely a top three, as Mark's mentioned him in his top three. I can't well, believe so. the Zappo wasn't Mark's. I mean, I, I thought he was your boy. Yeah, I can't I can't subscribe to that. You know, I've got to straighten the narrative. In my head, that might be the case. But I've got to be diplomatic. I'm a politician's answer. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he does get an. I'm sure you'll get a few votes, though, Mark, just because he's a, you know a great character in the squad and he, he scores some goals. So you know, I think yeah, there'll be some people who just like they will done, just. Vote. I think yeah. he's done better than a lot of people expected, but you know, Hurst can't fault him. Like you talk about levels, like Freddie's a very capable League One striker. Not so sure how he'll, he'll manage next season if we do go up, but Hurst, if you give him some belief. And I think if he gets settled somewhere, I think he's going to be a big player. Like, just scores all sorts of goals. Like, like you said with Luongo, like, Hurst could, could really be of a, like, contention to be signing of the season. There, there's so many contenders for signing of the season. We've got both transfer windows 
spot on for the most part. Mm. There's a few signings that have not really worked out, like Kamara's not worked out a little bit, unfortunate. Um, Keogh splits opinions. Um, still baffled about a had me, but I'll, I'll say, well, I won't talk anymore about that because I get shut down about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, it, there is a lot of, you know, contenders for people who could come in late and on another season they might actually have won it. Like Broadhead, another one, yeah. exceptional. But yeah, um, I think it is going to be one of them three. I think me and Brad are going to be wrong as well. <laughs> Ooh, we'll find out. We'll find out. But um, but yeah, get ready though, ladies and gentlemen, for the end of the season when we do a lot of you know awards and stuff like that. And um, this will be actually a season we'll be enjoying looking back on. I'm sure in previous season we're like, okay, we'll do it. We'll do a podcast to look back at the season. But we're like, uh Oh, that's that happened. That happened. Blah blah. blah but but now it's great. Um, well, one player who has won an award, and that is George Emerson, um, has named the EFL player in the community for League One. Um, of course, he'll be part of the the whole shebang for the EFL um, with Championship and League Two players as well. I can't remember the Championship League Two. I think it's Omar Beckles for League Two. Can't remember the Championship player. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I can bring it up soon. Um, but also, of course, Kieran McKenna uh, has been nominated. Manager, League One Manager of the Year, and Kevin Humphreys nominated for the Young Player of the Year. Um, but Mark, the big question, and we spoke about this on the main pod, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well. Um, League One Player of the Year, there's no town player. Barry Bannon, Aaron Collins of Bristol Rovers, and Johnson Clark Harris of Peterborough. Thoughts on that one? No town player. Uh, Clark Harris and Bannon seem a given. Like they're just they are Mister. You know, they're the top level League One players, like probably too good for the division in reality. Um, you know, Barry Bannon, you have to say this is the full name, it's not Bannon, it's Barry Bannon. Every time you can't say, you can't say Bannon. Um, he is, oh, like, we've spoke about him so many times, it, it gets a bit boring. Um, but he is that good, he can be that good. Um, yeah, I think Connor Chaplin's really unlucky not to be in there. Um, I think Aaron Collins is a very lucky boy to get in there. I think his assist numbers have kind of tipped the balance for him there. Ch- Chaplin's not really a creator. He's more of a finisher. Um, he can create, obviously. But, you know, in terms of pure numbers this year, he's he's not up there in the assist chart. Um, but his, yeah. Um it's nice to see us get some recognition elsewhere, you know, to have a manager in it that speaks volumes, um, going into numbers. Uh, people do get sick of the old XG and XG4 against and whatnot. Is Ipswich, 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 all the way. We are top of all those things. Um, whether that comes out in the wash, we'll wait and find out. But, yeah, it's nice to see them be recognised. I mean, for me, that's a, the George Edmondson one is, is really great to see and I know a lot of people say it, it comes up every fans forum we've got our club back and, but it's things like that you get a player who's you know he's got no real affiliation to it before joining us you know and you see a lot of these projects where you know players come in for big money on big wages and they don't buy into where they're living like there's a lot of the lads this season who seem to love living in Suffolk who can blame them but, um, you know, they love living in Suffolk and they love playing and representing Ipswich Town on and off the pitch. I think the club themselves do themselves a lot of favours the way they publicise it, maybe more than they ever did. But 
yeah, these, these guys coming in and actually wanting to be here and wanting to make a difference to, you know, not just on the pitch, but to the people that spend their hard-earned money and even those who, you know, are a little bit disadvantaged and unfortunate in life, making a difference to them is really great to see. And it's just it's just one of those things you can't help but be proud of as an Ipswich fan. Um, you know, Fridge has been out for most of the season as well, but he's still making a difference. And yeah, you know, before, you know, under the old regime with our neglectful owner, whose terrible shirt I'm wearing, um, with the sponsor that's on it. I'm very glad that it's cutting off the sponsor. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was just Chambers and Scoose doing it off kind of their own back and not really getting any plaudits for it. Um, you'd get this, that and the other coming in for six months just for a paycheck, not really caring why they're there other than picking up their, you know, their, their final paycheck for a lot of them. You know, now we're players who are going to be here for a, a number of years, we hope anyway, and they're proud to be Ipswich Town players. Yeah, definitely. Brad, yeah, your thoughts on that fridge, you know, yeah, unfortunately this year it's probably not worked out in terms of him on the pitch, but off the pitch, he's been fantastic. And I remember back in the day seeing those, you know, them hospital visits or just general, you know, in the community visits and then just pictures being shown and just players just like, they didn't really look like they want to be there. But now the players, they just want to be there. It looks like they put their hand up. Yeah, I'll do that. I'm happy to do that. You know, Connor Chaplin and co. But yeah, George Emerson, well played. Yeah, I think that's why I'm, I find it just fantastic for how, how George has um, basically, how, how he's put himself about with, with our football club and the fact that uh, this season hasn't really worked out for him. He hasn't been first choice, even when he's been fit. Um, he's had a really, really tough season and... I think any other footballer probably would want, be wanting to move away. Um, if your club's doing up to a championship and you're not even first choice in lead one, you're probably starting to think the way you're going to be next season. But I think that's just, it, it, it really does show where we are as a football club now and the people that are, are running it and the whole messages of uh, running towards adversity, the whole the whole um, culture that's now being embedded in the club and how the players, like you say, like you say, uh, Mark, they, they all, um, they're all like little characters within themselves, aren't they? And they, they all just really look like they love the club and really, it means a lot to them. I mean, you, you see a lot of them are just really punching the badge when they score and just really giving it some to the crowd. And, and I, I think that's, I think that's been one of the most pleasing things about this season is the fact we've got a group of players now um, who really care about the football club and you feel like we're on, they're actually we're on the journey with them and it's not just the players and the fans. It feels like it's all one. Um, and I think that's absolutely fantastic the work that George has done in the, in the community. And and I think it also speaks volumes to the actual foundation itself. I think they've, they've got to come out with huge credit here because... They'll be the ones setting everything up and and um, doing all of the doing all the events and putting putting stuff on and um, it goes the whole way from the football club. The media guy, um, I think Jacob is is excellent. Um, Henderson, who, yeah, I mean, you go on Twitter now. There's like what is it about twenty notifications a day from from the football club and the fact that there's, there's always constant information for fans. There's a constant conversation there, and it feels like the football club. We now have our Family club, family club back for years under under Marcus Evans. It didn't feel that way when I was first started going as a boy. It was always like family club, uh, family club. It's just town, real family, and 
it definitely faded away from that in the Evans era because it just all became about oh, to just like surviving in terms of um, <laughs> in terms of money and also the lead and all sorts. Um, but yeah, it's it's just brilliant where our football club's out and congratulations, George. Yeah, definitely, boys, definitely. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned the foundation, of course, this weekend's game against Charlton is the uh, dedicated Itchers Town Foundation fixture. So, um, you know, a big shout-out to the foundation. Anybody who works at the foundation, listen to this. Hello, well done for all your great work. And um, one thing that's actually come out recently, actually, um, actually just before we started recording, is uh, that uh, the club will be holding a memorial... Rem- rem- I can't say it. I can't say it, boys. Memorial service. Um <laughs> Um, for the pitch, you know, because the pitch is getting worked, and of course, people have, you know, put a lot of ashes, you know, of their loved ones. Um, you know, probably been massive town fans, but there's going to be a garden um, in place um, for start of next season um, and stuff like that, which I think is just another great thing the club are doing. Just thinking something that no one probably would think of, but that's a great thing, Mark, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like I know personally, you know, one of my best friends, his his brother sadly passed away. Um, on the way to the hospital, and they made sure that they went past Portman Road before, you know, before they took him to the hospital. Um, and yeah, it, it means it's a special place for a lot of people. You know, you've met family, friends, loved ones. It's all time shared there, and like you said, it's just something that probably not all clubs would even think of. Maybe not necessarily. Whoever's had that idea, you know, it's just that is the, the 100% the right thing to do. And it just shows that they care. Like it's They didn't have to do that. They don't have to do, you know, I don't think a lot of people would have thought about it, you know. And even perhaps the people whose ashes have been spread for there, the family would have thought this is just a natural, you know, process that it, it would happen eventually, that the pitch would get dug up and this would happen. And, you know, unfortunately that, that would go with it. But, for the club to recognise that and offer support and, and still do that for people who, who are, you know, probably still grieving, you know, especially something like this may bring up, you know, more trauma. Like for this to be there, it just shows an extra level of care that they've gone to. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those things. It, it as, as much as a sad thing, it does make you smile to show that people at the football club care again. Yeah, definitely. You just that's one thing you just never think of. But yeah, fair play to the club. And uh, another big thing um, on a happier note, um, which of course that was a happier note, but this is a more happier note. Um, early bird season tickets have sold out. Twenty one thousand tickets. Blue Army, you are just incredible. That is just Brad, mate. That is just fantastic. You know, I think it's not not a surprise anymore. Like you know, sellouts. You know, in League One, it's just a, it's a norm now, but. 21,000 season tickets gone like that. It's mental. It's absolutely mental. Um, it's not even the middle of April. Look, the next season doesn't start until August. It's absolutely mental how how you can sell that many tickets already on the Oli, on, on Oli Bird. The early bird is, is I'll say it again, mental. We, we used to dream about getting 21,000 in the ground, let alone 21,000 season ticket holders. Um it just goes goes to show that people love going to Portman Road now. I I do. Every, I'm sure Mark does. Everyone does. Every, every time we play um, at Portman Road, you know that you're either going to be 
entertained by the team on the pitch, which is probably a given at the moment. Uh, but that's not the be all and be all and end all because there will be tougher times ahead. And I'm sure that the majority of people who have bought a season to the next season probably are thinking we're going to be in the championship and know it's going to be not as many wins and not as many goals as next year. But they they're enjoying going because. Of what we've been discussing before, the, the feel, the feel good factor of the club is back and how it feels like it's a family again and people want to go. People enjoy their Saturdays again now where they go in with their friends to the pub beforehand or go in for a meal, um, whatever it may be. And it's a real, for, for, for me, as, as well as many other fans, it's now a real event on a Saturday. Um, and it's, it's back and it's in, it's incredible. The, the support has been incredible all season, home and away. And it goes to show we are a big club because the fans were always there, even in the days when I was in the North Stand, just looking around me. I've, the whole row was empty to my left. Um, behind me, it probably was as well. And for some for some like reason, they were, they were announcing there's 15,000 in the ground. I was absolutely nowhere near that. Um, and now, now, it's a, now it's a beer where, where, where we are because it's not taken that long either. There's, all we needed was... Bit of positivity, owners with the right direction. I don't it sound like much, but as it should be a given in football. You shouldn't be lumbered with these owners who basically take the soul out of a football club for their own basically their own interests and their own ego. But that was what we had for years, and we're now we're now we're now, we're now getting what we should be getting. We're now getting what we deserve as a football club. We're a one club county in, in professional terms. Uh, the support is massive. And it is mental that we've we've solved that many this early, but I don't think it was ever going to be a problem. I've, I mean, they, they they can't obviously sell any more season tickets because they need to make more money on match day tickets, etc. But um, it, it's 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 fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, definitely. My um my sister, she's actually got my niece and my nephew a season ticket for the first time as well. So they're they're you know just any generation. The fun the fun little um. Um, chant that will be there though will be uh when where were you when we were shit that will be the <laughs> that will be the funny chant um, but it's just one of those you know uh, but now everything as you said Brad it's an event um but yeah Mark your thoughts on it all I mean yeah Brad summed that up perfectly pretty much it's just an enjoyable place to go and watch football again like results aren't always guaranteed but like Brad says you're entertained people are invested both. You know, the fans are invested again, as well as the people, you know, running the club. Everyone's invested in in trying to make this football club successful. And you see it in the town, like, Saturdays are absolutely heaving. I remember, you, you know, going to the pub beforehand, and it, you know, it's kind of like you and one man and his dog. Now, you, if you look at the Greyhound, for example, you know, <laughs> one of the, the best pre-match clubs in town. I'm not going to start a debate on that, but... That it is one of the best. Um, their pictures they put up nearly every Saturday of their, you know, of their beer garden. It's heaving, like it's ridiculously busy, and it's like that post match. It's you know, it's just a real boost for the town. I think Ipswich has, not to get too political, has suffered quite a lot, and I, I genuinely think that's down to the decline of the football club. You know, there's just less people in the town, but. People are starting to put Ipswich back on the map a little bit, step by step. You know, that promotion would be huge for that as well. Um, and people just enjoy 
coming to, you know, I, I go to football earlier than I ever had done before now because I want to soak up all that atmosphere and get involved and be fully invested in 90 minutes of football um, and all the experience that it comes for and after that. And yeah, it's just, as Brad said, mental is the right word. You know, I've, I can't recall having so many messages, people asking me, can you get me a ticket? Do you know anyone who's got a spare ticket to games? Because it just doesn't happen. Maybe for the odd cup game, which again is a distant memory because we don't have many cup runs. But like, even after, I can't even remember for the Arsenal game, I don't think it was that difficult to get tickets as it is for Exeter at home. <laughs> so like, that's just crazy <laughs> to say. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I just hope this isn't the peak we keep going and you know the future is as bright as the shirt i'm wearing um but yeah let's let's hope so anyway but yeah um if you've missed out join the waiting list <laughs> or if you're really desperate i'm sure they'll be selling a load up the road because i think that's because they're going the other way <laughs> yeah uh, i'm sure people won't go down that far they're, they're, they're no, just, they're, they're, just wait and wait and wait but um yeah yeah as you mentioned mark though just just local businesses and people, you know, going into the town, you know, think there's going to be 28, you know, plus going into the town itself. Maybe not everyone will go, you know, to pubs and local stuff. They may just go straight to the ground, but just think there'll be 20,000 plus people in the in, in town of Ipswich Town is fantastic. So um, well done to you all who are getting involved in that and enjoy the ride. Um, well, it's time for the strike, the pinnacle part of the podcast. Um, Brad and Mark going head to head will be crowned champion this week i think it was last week it was a bit of a an interesting one um yeah went down to sort of oh well someone basically got a whitewashed and uh it wasn't yeah it wasn't great for the person i forgot who was it now was it john on the last pod that doesn't matter doesn't matter it's mark random like bulgarian players that signed from portugal again this week because you stitched me up last time when we had that no, uh, i've got a macedonian player I got Valise oh, Shurikovsky. Oh, there's only one, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> true, true. True. I don't think there's any others. Maybe we're in a trialist once upon a time, back in whenever it was. But yeah, Valise Smulakovsky is um gonna be part of the strike at the moment. So um, you know, a quick little chance for you to find out your stats on him. Um I'm, I'm actually just reading questions about his debut girl. Uh, um, sadly not. But oh. um, he did score in his debut. Yes, he did. Remember um, that like it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Felicia. Although it's also this is question three, so we have to wait. But um, he spells it's his name is spelt differently. We've had this. I've had a, done a question on him before. I think last year because it's his birthday this month. That's why he's got a question. Um, I think last year I did a question on him, and the spelling was different to what it is. I don't. Know. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. Let's get to question one. <laughs> And the spelling of this man's name is very easy because it's uh, Matt Holland, uh, of course, celebrating his birthday um, this month. Only recently, um, good old Bournemouth. He was there doing an interview and the Bournemouth got him a cake. So well done to Bournemouth uh, for doing that. But um, what is Matt Holland's middle name? <laughs> is it Brian, Lee or Reese? Brian, oh, what a good Reese. Good old Matt Holland. Matt, Brian Holland. Matt, Lee Holland or Matt, Reese Holland. I know there's a... Some um, big Matt Holland fans out there. I know a lot of people love Matt Holland because of him being Captain Fantastic, but I'm sure there's some really diehard Matt Holland fans who will know their middle name. So maybe a point for someone straight away. But um, Brad, Mark, what are you going for? Brian from Melton. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Brian from Melton. <laughs> uh, 
That is hilarious. Um, but you are incorrect, both of you. It's actually oh. Reese. It's actually oh, Matt Reese. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Irish. Well, <laughs> Reese could be an Irish name, I think. Reese, I think. I think you can spell Reese differently, can't you? You could do R E E C E. This is mm. R H Y S if you're listening on audio. If your name's called Reese. Uh, I don't know if there's any other way you can say it, spell Reese. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, it's most definitely a Welsh spelling, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Because I think he qualifies for his grand, one of his grandparents for Ireland, yeah, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah. Like most yeah. Irish players. Um, yeah. Very Irish. Very Irish. Uh, question two, and I'm about to say he's Irish, but he's not Irish. I don't think he's Irish. Joe Royal, he's not Irish, is he? Is he? Where's no, he from? He's yeah, oh yeah, Scouser. Bloody hell, what am I doing? I, yeah, he's from Liverpool. Stupid me, stupid me. 189 games he took charge of town, but how many goals did he side score in 189 games? Of course, his team scored more than the opposition. 6-4, 4-2, All the goals. Um, of course, closest gets the point. If you get it bang on, I don't know, I'm making you, making you five That's points. There's going to be some maths here, Ross. Yeah. I'll think about it. So, forty-six league well, games, cup competitions. We also played in the UEFA great. Cup in his first season. His first game was actually in the UEFA Cup in charge uh, against Slaven Liverick. Yeah, I think it was got at least three goals. I think. Gucci, Darren Bent scoring um, goals. Colin Miller scoring goals. I'm just gonna double it. I think. No, I can't double it because that'd be that'd be obscene. Um, Double 189. I'll go for a nice round. 300. Okay. 300. 286. Ooh. Well, no, no one's got a bang on, but someone is eight away. The correct answer is 308. So oh. Brad is the closest. So he gets oh. the point. Hell. There we go. That was I'm quite happy about that. That was really good. Speaking like about the goals between Benton and Kuchi, and yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. Just got, I think the, the the goal scorers. Um, but there we go. If you got if you got a bang on anybody listening watching, then well done. Let me know. Um, without cheating, don't Google and then find out. You have to you have to do it on top of your head straight away. Um, just like the boys did there, had to do some maths and all that. Uh, question three is on Valicia Shmulikovsky, <laughs> as mentioned in the intro of the strike. Uh, now, what squad number? Did he wear for town? 23, 26, or 28? Um, so, yeah, apparently, Smulikovsky, you can spell it with an H, like S-H, or U, but on Wikipedia, it says, you know, once again, you can't always trust Wikipedia. But um, I just look at our different websites. On, on Wikipedia, it's spelled with no H, but then there's some other websites that has an H. Um Maybe one day I'll, I'll catch up with Valicia and uh, ask him what is the correct spelling. Um, so, yeah. If you're, if you're listening, Valicia, let us know. <laughs> let us know. But what's his squad number? He's in North Macedonia at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 28. 28. 28. The correct answer is 26. Okay. So, incorrect for those. Oh, only one nil going into the final question. And the final question is on Macaulay Bond. Of course, returning oh. to Portman Road with Chelton. Oh, Brad's going to get this. 
Well, uh, nearly, nearly, if, if I had my way, I'd have named my son after him. I'm glad I didn't know because he didn't come back. So, yeah. well, there you go. I, 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 um, I do love him, but yeah, please don't store on Saturday. Yeah, we'll find out. I don't, he won't celebrate, will he? He won't celebrate. I think it will be one of those calm ones. I think he'll it's actually like... score an own goal because he's that desperate for the town to get promoted. He, he's just <laughs> a blue, isn't yeah. he? He's sorry, lads. Down. Sorry, lads, but um, I've got <laughs> to ask him a contract to throw <laughs> yeah. the game. There we go. Yeah. Um, but talking about goals, how many goals did he score in 46 games for town? I think I know. Because I was that, that was that thing on the last game of the season when, when Wes overtook him. Yeah. Um, well, I, was, I was debating what sort of question, because I wanted to do a McCauley Bond question as he's playing against us, but there's not many other... I could have done his middle name as well, but I thought I can't do two middle names in the strike this week. And I think everyone will know his squad number. Um, but goals, I don't know. It's because it's from last season. What's happened? Okay. Well, take it away. 13. I think, I think it might be 12. <laughs> it is 12. It is oh, 12. We'll just go to the tiebreaker because I think Brad oh. is technically one. It's three now, isn't it? No, because you, well, you got closest as well because you know, you got 13. So yeah, it's two I, I, I put 11 up. Um, oh, did you have yeah. Uh, yeah, as soon as I, yeah. So I've actually got 11 wrote down, but yeah. as soon as I put 11, up a thought, no, it's 12. Was in the league and won the cup? Yeah, I think, let me, I think. That's where, so I thought, I knew I knew there was 12 in there somewhere, and then I added an extra one for a cup. Yeah, I forgot what. Was it maybe the, the pizza trophy, or was it in the FA Cup? Although we didn't do really well in the FA Cup, so maybe it wasn't in the FA Cup. Probably wasn't. I'm going to quickly get it up. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll use the tiebreaker anyway. Um, but yeah, 12 goals in 46 games. Not a bad return. Uh, let me just double-check the other goal. Over a season, it's all right. It's just a shame how they came. Yeah. Uh, no, they're all in the They're all in the league. Yeah, all um, in the league. Yeah. But he was what one behind Burns was he? And our top scorer last season, the league had twelve goals. You think this season what Chapman's on eighteen? Is he in the lead? Yeah, Freddie's on what 15, 14, 15. You've got people like Harness, um, Broadhead, uh, Burns, Burns, Burns Hurst. I mean, yeah. like there's so much, so many more goals this year. It's, it's incredible, and that's well, that's why we are where we are. But yeah, that's what we finished eleventh last year. Um, but there we go. Um, I was going to do a question on Scott Fraser, but I didn't in the end. But fun fact about both Scott Fraser and McCauley Bond: they both course scored on their debuts in the Morecambe game last year. So little connection for them, and now they're both teammates. Uh, of course, he'll be returning to Portland Road. It will be actually the first time he's going to be playing against Town at Portland Road because he didn't play in the four 0 win, but he did play, of course, at the Valley, but didn't play at Portland Road. So he'll be returning for the first time. Mm. Yeah, I, I, like, I like Fraser, but he's got absolutely no legs. So as long as more as he just runs all over him, yeah. then we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, though he did score a really good free kick recently, so watch set mm. pieces if we get yeah, something. Yeah, he hasn't got to run up to him. Yeah, he's only got to like, just walk up to it and he on a free yeah. kick. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, find out, we'll find out. But um, yeah, of course, we'll preview the uh, Charlton game in due course. But tiebreaker time then. And tiebreaker time. I introduce you. Come on, come on, John. John Stead comes in the room. Uh, how many goals did he score? Oh, he's actually He lives in America now. He's coaching in America somewhere. So that'd be good. If I brought him on to the call, that'd be good. Maybe a future strikes. I should just bring, if we have a, a tiebreaker. I've, I've had many questions. <laughs> yeah, what was he, what's he been doing for 48 minutes? 
Yeah, <laughs> just sitting in the background, just like oh, he's been making a cup. You know, he's drinking a cup of tea and all that. Mm. Just, you know, he's just doing. He's doing his warm up, like yeah. up and down. You, yeah, Landon. Pretty much. Pretty Got much. On. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's 40 now. John John Stead celebrated his 40th, 40th birthday this oh, month. Um, the good old John Stead. I always liked him as a player. Mm. Um, yeah. How many goals scored, of course, in the Norwich game the last time we beat them? Sorry to bring that up, but he did score in that game. We took his shirt off and everything and showed his. Oh, he was ripped. He was ripped. He was. He was a rip boy, yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of his goals. But how many goals did he score for town in 67 games? He also scored in his town debut. So another goal for you. That's two. No more, no more goals. I'm telling you, I'm not letting you know more goals. Sixty-seven. He had quite a good, good amount. Yeah, he had he, decent. I goal. reckon he was a one in three. Oh, one in three. So I'm going to go twenty-four. Nineteen. Nineteen. Someone is one away, and that man. Is Mark Beck? It's twenty goals. Twenty goals. Um, he wasn't prolific. He was very good at hold up. I know he wasn't prolific. Like he loves scoring against QPR. I think he scored like three or four goals against QPR. I just know that stat for some reason. <laughs> um, now, technically, I don't know if Mark's won really because yeah, he can have it. He can have it. Can, I, can he have it? Yeah. Because I know that that was a tiebreaker, but because it was a the question four, I do have another question somewhat, but there's no like closest. You'd have to just guess the it's tiebreaker two point Yes, yeah. it's, it's not a basically closest to that. It's, it's basically just it's options again. This is like that scene in Dodgeball where what's it? I can't remember what it's called. Ah, oh. <laughs> it can't be like I know what you mean. One now. ball in there. It's sudden, oh, like sudden death, but like oh. sudden death overtime or something. Overtime, yeah, overtime, sudden death overtime, yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. I um, can take my glasses off. I know that's pretty much been blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, in tiebreaker 2.0, and it may not work, but we'll find out. Uh, Dominic Samuel, remember him? Oh, um, cool. Lone player. Um, he is currently playing at which Scottish top flight side? Dundee United, Motherwell, or Ross County? Uh, it's done well to be at a top flight Scottish club. Yeah, to an extent. To an extent. I mean, I, I mean, I've, he's a bit. He reminds me a bit like John Jules in his stature and how he was. He wasn't bad technically, but yeah. he played in an awful team, didn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Was it that the was that the as mixed last season? I think he was on loan, money. Was well, yeah. yeah was. Forest away. Yeah, when they stayed up. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dominic Samuel. I think he he didn't play many games, but he's just on my 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 sheet here of birthdays in April. So, and it's perfect two point tiebreaker question. So, what do you reckon? Who is going to take this? Please don't say the same answer because that just kills this. Uh, Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> County. My boy. It's got to be Ross County because you've. It's, you've it is, it is actually. Yeah, it's Ross County. It's Ross County. <laughs> that was my fear on this question. My fear was this question. Like, you'll be thinking, oh, you'll see Ross County and think, oh, it's got to be Ross County because of me. But yeah, you play for Ross County. And so Mark Beck does win. So, yeah. um, and he loved it. Um, speech, my friend. I've been. 
stewing over this because Brad beat me in the strike invitational <laughs> many moons ago. Yeah. I finally got my revenge, maybe not deserving because Brad was very hospitable there and let it go to sudden death over time when I think he did actually win. But no, yeah. worthy opponent. <laughs> it was pretty much basically uh, what we know about the talk about. That was like the 4 4 game at the Valley where. I'd won the game, but then just decided to give you two late goals. So. I'm coming out of the tunnel. I'm doing my tunnel jumps at the end. Yeah. 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 I'm pleased we don't do that. I don't know. For me, it just looks very cringy. But definitely when they come, they go in and then they come out, don't they? they go I don't in. know who started it. I think it might have been Chris Powell. Yeah. Yeah. A bit weird. I don't know. A lot, a lot. Different clubs have different things. Like, of course, we have. You know, we've got Harry Clark doing the fist pump again now. But yeah, you go sure. into the tunnel and come back out. But, uh, but yeah, um, you mentioned four four Brad and um, Charlton is this weekend. Um, a lot has happened since then. A lot of good. Well, no, that's part of this part of the, the blip. And then, of course, we've got on this amazing run. Um, but sort of some reflection of that, Mark. That four four at the Valley. It was a. Uh, a very freak day in the capital. Um, from the two 0 defeat to the four four draw, we've not been having great times at the Valley, but that was a one hell of a game. I think I'm still processing it, really. To yeah. truth be told, a lot happened that day. Um, yeah, it was a, oh, a very bizarre game. Like just one of them games that you see you see him most weeks on the calendar, and we're very rarely involved in a game like that. You just think, what's gone on there? Like, literally, that's just the maddest game of football. And Lady Luck said it was our time, and it came round to be us that time. Um, yeah, just crazy. Yeah, he had the Charlton fan had a whistle in the game, didn't he? They yeah. kept blowing the whistle. Um, his town fans in the home end, he got kicked out. Uh, ben Garner being pantomime villain. Now he's at Colchester, isn't he? It's, yeah. It's sure was in that game for you know for for an away game. Yeah. 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 Then we had all the. Oh no, it was the season before, didn't we? We had all, it's always Charlton, isn't it? We had this year before where was it Mark Barham who was or Bertram who was linked with being our yeah. new manager at the time or something, and everyone was questioning that. Um, but yeah, no, it was all set up for Freddie's moment, wasn't it? I had that. I'm still frustrated about that. <laughs> I, had, I had Titanic music written all for that for that oh, so such a good goal as well and yeah then we just spoiled it in the end I don't know if he's fit but I really hope Chucks and EK isn't fit for. I think he's um, out for the season I think he's out for the season well, now. that's good because he literally ripped us a new arsehole when he came on um, yeah but no um, crazy game I was, yeah you can tell by just there's just so much that went on there's just I'm not used to it being an Ipswich fan. I've been very sterilised by football. That four goals and loads of chaos on and off the pitch is a little bit disorientating for an Ipswich fan. But yeah, hope. I mean, that's two games where we scored in a row. We scored four goals against Cheltenham. So, and we've had a few four nils at home this season. Let's hope we continue that on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, Brad, let's let's segue then into. Um, the game. They're 10th in League One. Dean Holden is now the manager. Of course, Ben Garner, I think, got sacked a few weeks later. Um, Dean Holden actually is a, a former appointment of Mark Hashens at Bristol City, which is a um, little connection there. Um, they're one of the form sides, actually. Won the feet in the last seven games. Um, as we mentioned, McCauley Bond, Scott Fraser, 
Matt Penny, but he's a lone player and he's not been playing for them. Won't get into that. But um, what's your thoughts going into this one, my friend? Um, I'm confident. I am confident because if I was a Charlton fan and Charlton player, um, I'd be having words in the dressing room before I am thinking, lads, do we want to play Ipswich again next season? Nah, not really. Let's just let's just take the loss. Let them get out of lead one. Cheers. Thank you very much. That's, that's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, I think they actually match up quite well against us because there's not that many teams now that play 4-3-3. It's normally a 4-2-3-1 or a 3-5-2, but they are very much a 4-3-3. And I like their three midfielders, um, Fraser, Gilby, uh, Dobson, um, apart from what he did at that full-time, like, like Mike was saying, running out the tunnel and fist-pumping. Um, the team's kept but... the armband on, which I respected. <laughs> they kept the armband on, which was I respect that. Yeah, but t- technically they've got some good players. Uh, Ratsaki is going to be possibly named the young player of the season. Um, probably will be in the team of the year as well. He's a big threat. Um, you've got McCordy Bond returning as well. Miles Lieburn is is really uh, getting a lot of clubs after him. He's, he's a young striker. So, um, yeah, technically and talent-wise, they've, they've got it. And I think next season they could be actually ones who are pushing for the playoffs without, without a doubt. But um, they do they do like goals going in against them and goals going in for them, which is a weird way of putting it. There's always goals involved. Every time I look at results every week, Charlton have either won 3-2 or they've lost 3-1 or something like that. So I expect goals. So cue the famous 0-0 now going to come. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling confident. I'm, I'm feeling really confident about these next two games. You've got two teams who are basically on the beach and I'd like to think that we're going to put them away. So, so yeah, confident going into it. Wow. Time to do predictions there. Nice segue there. Um, Mark, what do you reckon there, my friend? Uh, Another four goals involved. Last time we went into the game against Charlton at Portman Road, of course, I was saying dead rubber. Here we go. The deadest of dead rubbers. But no, town have got things to play for. Charlton, they're pretty much, they're happy. I think they're steady. I think they're pretty happy. They're finished 10th, 11th. So I wouldn't say they're on the beach, but they're pretty much like, as Brad said, just yeah, give town the win so we don't have to play them. But prediction. Difficult. Maybe skewed a little bit by uh, Monday's result. Um, I'll say a narrow 2-1 town win. I think, as Brad said there, Charlton on their day are probably a match for anyone. They can, you know, they've got the talent to do it. I think Rek Rek Saki is um, really coming to his own this last sort of two months or so. You can tell he's kind of now settled in League One, probably showing that he's too good for League One. I think we have been linked with him if we do go up on, on loan. So. Maybe this is a little bit of a scouting mission for a few people if we do go up. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some good players in there. I'm sure there's a very small or maybe very large part of Macaulay Bond that hopes that Charlton don't get the result on um, on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I think we'll say an arrow 2-1. Um, get back to winning ways. Set us up nicely for Port Vale on Tuesday and see what the table looks like because we've been top of the league during games, the last two games. Let's see if we can be top of the league come the end of 90 minutes. Yes, my friend. Uh, Brad, what's your scoreline or choice for this game then? Um, Pete behind the curtain, prediction-wise, in a prediction league for the Kauai Army, there's two two men who are currently doing draws. 
just to keep that luck in there. Big yeah. dip of fixture this is on here. We're right yeah. down. I think you won, you got you did get some points at the weekend, though, didn't you? Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, I predicted the Cheltenham draw. Uh, basically, for the eight straight wins, because I predicted the first two results of those eight wins wrong, I thought, well, I'm I'm basically making a sacrifice. And the football gods have obviously decided that if I predict the wrong result, Tam will win. So I did that for the next eight games. I now find myself bottom of the prediction lead. Um, but now it's all up in the air now because um, I predicted a I predicted the right result on Monday. So I'm going to have to start predicting correct no. scores again. You got a point. You didn't get maximum points. You went no, two yeah, two. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're now not bottom. Sure. You're second bottom. Mark Beck is bottom. Sorry to say, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> the right kit on for being bottom. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go three one. Um, sure. I think we'll concede. I think Charlton have got enough quality to get a goal. I think it'll be an open game because there's no reason for Charlton to sit back and defend the lead for me. I mean, they, they might as well, if they get one, they might as well try and get, get two or three against us. I mean, that's certainly how I'd want my team to, to, to view this game if I was 11th or 10th in the league as they are with nothing to play for. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be a good, exciting open game, but I think we'll, we'll win 3-1. Um, and, yeah, hopefully by the end of the day, who has Sheffield got? They've got... They've both got away games, haven't they? Exeter, yeah, well, it's Devon Derby, isn't it? Devon Derby. Yeah. And Exeter play Plymouth at midday, don't they? So, um, us, us lot will know the result of that going into three o'clock. I don't know if that helps us or not. Um, I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory about Man City and Arsenal, the fact that Man City have played first every week for like the last three months and Arsenal have to play afterwards, put the pressure on them. Um, but it's not 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 quite like that. Not at sort of high stakes. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I, long story short, we'll win. Okay then. Okay then. Well, um, we're, we're just over the hour mark, which is the perfect time to sort of end podcasts. Um, I was going to mention the referee because um, uh, that's a story that's been on the timeline. A uh, quick little mention of that. Um, James Bell is the referee for the game this weekend, but um, apparently he's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Mark, thoughts on this? Um, I mean, it kind of is what it is. We can't really. It's a bit of an unusual situation. Basically, Plymouth's former manager Ryan Lowe has kind of made this common knowledge because of comments he's made last season. I think it might have been. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of an unusual situation. Does it really make a big difference in the game? Probably not before, but now it probably does because everyone in the stadium knows who he supports. Every decision is going to be under intense scrutiny, so he's either going to be, you know, booed out of Ipswich and chased out with pitchforks if the result doesn't go away, or he's probably not welcome back in Sheffield if, he, if we end up winning. Um, I think ordinarily it probably wouldn't make a huge difference. He's ref two Plymouth games early in the season, Plymouth won and drew, I believe. Um, so it's just one of those things it's just I think the league have probably got to act in their own best interest and for him really um, I think someone in a on the group checks I mean obviously it'll be sod's law that we lose him as a referee and get an even worse one so um, <laughs> we shall see but yeah it's an odd situation just another crazy factor in this title race really that yeah now we're bemoaning referee performances before they've even happened 
Yeah, it's it's just they need to turn this season into a documentary because yeah, this season someone's going to miss out in the automatics with ninety points. Brad, I think you um put in the chat you did your prediction league sort of thing. Uh, quickly mm. talk about that before we wrap up. Yeah, um, I did I did uh, the prediction league for uh, those of the days uh, posted on there, and um, yeah, I, I did for the stores for the top six or top eight actually at the time. Um, and I've got us to come out as second, I believe, haven't I? Um, yeah, come out as second because and I didn't predict the win every week. Um, I didn't like I, I, I felt like I was actually quite um, fair in, in regards to, to to the results I, I predicted. Uh, but I just I just think that they're running. Everyone will say that we've got the toughest running. We've got Peter and Barnsley away. Um, but for me, I think they're good games to have because both of those sides, maybe not Barnsley, because they probably are cemented in the playoffs without doubt. And yeah, by luck, they might go up. But Peterborough, they are still fighting for their playoff position. So there's massive, that's a massive game for them. That is riding on that. Um, and I think actually playing teams like the teams that are down there at the bottom, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday lost to Forest Green. Anything can happen, is what I'm saying. And I, I've, I, I was thinking that Plymouth, for weeks I was reading, oh, they've got a piss easy run in. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll romp to the league title now. There's no way to slip up. But they've got, they've got teams to play like, um, is it Bristol Rovers away? Um, Exeter away? And I just feel like there's going to be them little, them little grounds where home fans will get on top of them and they will struggle. And I think we're in a good position because... We've won eight in a row. Nobody really expected us to be in the conversation for top two, what, six weeks ago. So we're not hanging on, are we? We're still pushing. And even now, we're still pushing. Whereas Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday haven't really had to look over their shoulder for quite a long time. And now they are. And I feel that the pressure's on them. I don't feel the pressure is on us. I feel like we've done fantastically well these last few weeks to get where we are. And it, I feel like Sheffield Wednesday, like bit, I mean, they, they bottled it a couple of weeks ago almost, and the fact that they hadn't won for ages. Um, so I, I just I just think that we're in the best position. I think we're in the best, best position out of all them teams. I know we've got two tough away games, but I think you win these two home games, and I think the rest of it will take care of itself. I, I, I really do. So um, let's, let's, let's hope we get these two wins, because if we do, I think we're going to be top of the league come come Peterborough away and then, and then yeah, but I think it takes care of itself from there on. Okay then, like that positivity there, like that positivity. Um, Well, boys, it's been a great podcast, been great to have you on. Um, any other business before I, I do the outro? Um, a big shout out, of course, to the Itchers Town women's team who play uh, Milton Keynes uh, this weekend on Sunday at Stadium MK, so a nice stadium game for them. 2pm um, kickoff. Um, heard the Swedish branch are going to be there and there's going to be a minibus going down or supporters coach going down. So um, if you go and enjoy it, if you want to go, um, their ticket information will be on social media at Ipswich Town Women's Team. Big free games for them. They're also in the hunt for promotion as well. So hopefully both teams win promotion or win titles. That would be fantastic. Um, but Mark, any other business from yourself? Um, no. Um, just, I think I said it last time I was on as well, just however this season pans out to the, you know, at the final day. Just enjoy it. It's just nice to be involved in the conversation. And, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be some anxious, nervy, horrible few weeks, you know, and feelings during games when we're not 
quite at it potentially or not winning and other teams are um but just enjoy it it's that's what football is all about it's competitive it's nice to be involved and yeah um for many including myself it's probably one of the most memorable seasons i ever have as an Ipswich fan and even if it doesn't end up the way we want it to i'll still have some really good memories from this season so yeah um just keep on winning town um or just match wednesday because if we match wednesday Barring a crazy goal difference swing, which I can't really see Wednesday doing. I've said it now, we probably will. Um, but yeah, we if we match Wednesday's results, then we're going up, effectively. We'd be need, we need, well, obviously get one better than to catch the three points. But if we can get, if we can bridge that gap, then we're going up. Win six games, we're going up, so... Oh, love it, Mark. Love it, my friend. Um, Brad, over to you then. Any other business? Yeah. Uh, just quickly, Bristol, they haven't got Bristol Rovers away. They've got them at home. But I knew it was a, I knew that was a game where I was looking at because that is the same night that we play Barnsley away. And huge pressure is on that game. That's that's what I'm saying. Is there's pressure on the top two? Yes, there's pressure on us. But I, I, I'm I'm with Mark. I think that I think we're I think we're going to do it. I'm not. Not normally a confident and positive town fan, but we are the best team in the league at the moment. It's it's, it's simple. All the stats back that up. Um, you don't win eight in a row and you don't go to Bolton and Derby away and, and just comfortably win unless you aren't the best team in the league. So I've, I think we're going to do it. And I know that we might, like, like Mark says, go 1-0 down in games um, and, and for instance, but um, I, I like our running, like I've said, and I think we're going to do it. Come on, town. Yeah, come on, sound. Love that fighting talk. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy it. Six big games. Um, first off, Cholton, then Port Vale. Two sold-out Portman Roads against Cholton and Port Vale on a Tuesday night. Just fantastic. Um, as ever, big shout-out to our sponsors, Manscape. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery at the checkout. And also, Ginger Pickle for all your marketing needs. The GOATs are marketing. Big shout-out to Tony Southgate, who's been helping me out with my in-pitcher series and just general... Marketing needs, uh, Ginger Pickle is your man. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. Um, if you haven't already, of course, follow uh, Mark Beck, Brad on Twitter, Kings of Anglia on all the socials as well. Um, of course, listen, watch all the other content that will bring you head of the game and uh, follow the game with us if you're not going. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Bye-bye for now. Bye.